Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Samach Zayin. Today's shoes for a full shame of Chai Chaika Bas Baba Michla, Yitzhak Yehuda Ben Miriam, and um, Gabriel Ruben Ben Liorim. They all have a complete and speedy recovery. Um, okay, we're going to go from the, yeah, right at the top of Samach Zayin, Amud Aleph, 67a. Remember, we were discussing yesterday, um, the, let's call it the lean, the the wife has on property in Aksuba. And we mentioned there were two main ways that property is brought into the marriage. There is Nifsei Malug, which is... Um, Nifsei Malug is where she retains ownership of the property. It's 100% her property. However, the husband has rights, the, the rights to use it during the marriage. So it's her <laughs> property, but he gets to use it. Um, then, so if it's a farm, he's the one who farms it, gets the pay, the, the fruit, he gets to sell it, all that. If it's uh, gets a block of flats, he gets to rent it out, you know, etc. Then there was Nifseit Son Barzal. Nifseit Son Barzal, we said, was where he takes that property, um, where, sorry, she brings in property, and they mark the value of the property in the Ksuba, and instead of, um, and then in to a degree, it's viewed now as if the husband bought it. And that, so, and then in the case of death or divorce, when she's getting paid out her ksuba, she will end up getting um, the value that's written in the ksuba back. So he said, for example, if she brings in a car worth 150,000 rand, uh, 20 years later, they decide things aren't working, and now it's worth 5,000. Of you still what? get the benefit of the fruit of the field in that case? Which of the same It's his. It's his. Everything's his in Sombarazal. It's the only thing he's Yeah. The, no, 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 no. The value, or whatever the value is, it's his item. So if you own, if you personally own a car and it goes up in value, that's good for you. If it goes down in value, that's not so good for you. Um, I mean, cars, I guess, just about always, unless it's a collector's item, cars always going to go down in value. But some items will go up in value and some things will go down in value. So that's that's say So so it's as if you own it. Whereas say Maluk that your wife brings into the to the marriage, it's not like you own it. She she owns it. So if it goes up in value, then it's for her, it's her property that's gone up in value, her land, her assets that have gone up in value. If it goes down in value, then it's her assets and lands that have gone down in value. Um, but in both, obviously, the Nisset and Baisal is much more the husband's than, let's say, Maluk. And that's what we said to the degree by Nisset and Baisal, that they can, in, in many scenarios, they can st- still, and the Nisset and Baisal, and he's a co- and she's married to a coin. In many scenarios, they can still eat truma even where the Nisei Malu can't because they're his, they're owners of Kain, whereas she's a non-Kain married to a Kain. That's what we saw in the Mishnah yesterday. Um, yeah, so just that. So that's uh, just to have clear, yeah, the Nisei Malu and the Nisei Tzon Barzel. Um, yeah, and he's, then, got the, he's got control of the dividends. Yes, yes. Anything that he benefit, any benefit from yeah. the property that's in... But the two burn, it goes straight to him. Oh, you don't mind this same logo, and you say it's on Barzel. It's on Barzel. Yeah, yeah, it's his. It's like it's his. For all intents and purposes, I'll, I'll mention now the one distinction, but it's like it's his. It's, it's as if he bought it. So it's his house now. It's his car now. It's his whatever, whatever. Uh, it's his uh, coach now. Whatever was brought into the Ksuba with Nisaits on Barzel, 
um, you write the value in the you write the value of that item that's brought in, and that in the time of death or divorce, that's what she will get paid out that value. That's uh, whereas Nisay Maluk is not like that. Nisay Maluk, you write, let's say, so she brings in a, a, a house. So he's the one who gets to rent it out. He has to upkeep it, do all the renovations, etc. But he's the one who gets to rent it out. But it's actually still considered her property. Um, that's yeah. Now, just the one thing we saw in Nisay Maluk was a machloikas yesterday. Rabbi Yehuda and Rav Yehuda and Rabbi Ami. Rabbi Ami held that basically it's, it's, a, it's a sale. To the, that, if he does anything with the property, it's good. If she even says in the case when let's say they're getting divorced and she says, you know what, remember that car that I brought in as Nithlates on Barzil, I want that to be part of my payment. I obviously included in the fair value that she's supposed to get paid out anyway. He can say no. He doesn't have to give it the answer. That's <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, we don't something we don't necessarily divide. Is that when you go to the court, just take two pieces out of the bed, and you might be still Yeah, I know it's not the. It's, it's firstly, yeah, you have to see how it works with the suba and the standard ANCs and all those things. And I have heard that divorce is one of the most expensive. Uh, yeah, because um, the, the, the divorce. Uh, is he not allowed to trade in it? So that's so, so, um, so he says that uh, um, in other words, it's not uh, in until the death of the wolf. You can't sell the wolf. No, so, so Nisai Malug, definitely not. But no, Nisai Tson Barzel, according to Rebbe Ami, he can. According to Rabbi Ami, he can, but according to Rabbi Yehuda, he can't. That's what we saw yesterday. No, because Oh, okay, yeah. So, yeah. So, so I mean, any any property he has is bonded to the ksuba. So it's it's almost like a debt he owes. So you're right. She might lose out, but it is like a debt. So. If you have a debt, you can generally go and claim. Let's just take a normal scenario. Let's say I borrow, I don't know, a few million rand from you today, and I have a, a house which I set up as a thing, as a as a, a house as a, a bond, as a, as a as a mortgage to that loan, and then I sell the house. So you will, since my debt to you is before selling the house. You can go and collect from the Lukuchas. So it would be the same thing here. She could so go. So he's indebted to her. Yeah, the value of the Tsuba. For the value of that. Yeah. So he doesn't have to keep that asset no. as such. Not according to Rabbi Ami. So if it's worth 10,000 rand, you'll give her the cash instead of yeah. holding Yeah. And if, let's say, in the time of divorce, he doesn't have anything, then she, then they'll deal with it like a debt that he's owed her since they got married. Um, yeah, so that's so embarrassing. Then we saw, but however, Rabbi Yehuda is quite strict uh, or different. He views, he says, no, she has a very strong claim to the Tzon Barzal. Again, only to the degree, only to the value at the time of their marriage, but she has a very strong claim to the Atom. And the phrase they used was Shevach Beisovia. I saw you know, Arturol and uh, the, the, they, 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 they translated it as the prestige of her father's house. Yes, they are translated. It's a long sentimental value. It's something that's special because it's been in their family. 
So she says, look, yeah. She says, I don't, um, I know I brought in uh, that fancy kitchen set. She says, I want, I want, that, that set means a lot to me. It's uh, from my family. We've had it in the family for a few generations. I want that back. So Contra Yehuda, she has a very strong, it's a very strong claim that she has. Um, th- that claim. And now we're going to see the Gemara is going to bring an aspect of Rabbi Yehuda of that claim. Says Omar Rabbi Yehuda, she brought in two, um, right at the top of Samosayan Amuralov. At the top? Yeah. A lot of this will be discussed again in Suvas, and if they will look in the new sites on Barzal and how they enter in the Suvas, so we'll get more of the details there. But says Omar Rabbi Yehuda, if she brought in two kalim that were worth a thousand zuz. So again, what do they write? They write uh, two cars, each one worth <coughs> 500 zuz. So, to them. And they increased in value and went up to 2,000. So he said, She takes the one as the ksuba, as the amount owed to her. Remember, she brought in these two things with the combined value of 1,000. So in the case of death or divorce, she's paid that 1,000. She's given the one item. Um, and the second one, she's allowed to pay in the difference, either extra thousand, and take it back because of this sentimental value. My Komash Melon, what's it coming to teach us what Shevach Bay Sovia? that the prestige, the sentimental value is considered hers, and she has a strong claim on this. We already saw yesterday that Rabbi Yehuda said the same point. The one says, no, Maudetema, what would you have thought? says, maybe Rabbi Yehuda only said, it's Allah where it's, she's taking it as part of the value of her ksuba. I, she's owed a thousand shekels, so she takes the item that she brought into the marriage to the value of a thousand shekels. But to actually pay in to get those items back, we don't see that she can do it. So Kamash Malan, Rabbi Yehuda here, comes to teach us that she can or even do that. So she has a, it's kind of like it's bonded to her. She has a strong lean, according to Rabbi Yehuda, on the new states on Barzal. You're right, the only value that she's entitled to is the value of those items at the time of marriage. And she, and re, but, and for all intents and purposes, yeah, they are kind of the husbands. But this strong liens gives her first rights to them. She can insist on it to the degree that she can say, look, I know uh, you've paid out your ksuba, but I want those two items that are brought into our marriage, and here's the money for them. That's it. Let's go on to the new Mishnah. Now just remember, yesterday, why did we come on to this discussion? Because were the ramifications of how it affects a Kohen and a Truma and his property. So remember, we just brought by slaves. So slaves, we know... The slaves belonging to a Kohen can eat Truma. So what happens if you have a Yisraelis married to a Kohen? So the Nisaitzon Barzel, or, yeah, uh, the Nisaitzon Barzel, don't want to get into too many complications. Oh, well, it's, that's complicated now, but simply, Nisaitzon Barzel, which are considered part of the husband's estate, they can continue to eat Truma. Nisaitzon which are considered hers, they can't eat Truma. That was the general gist. Um, now, just before we go into the Mishnah, so that just some halachas with who can eat truma regarding what. So if you have a Basi Israel that marries 
a Bas Kahen who marries a Yisrael. So you have a daughter of a Kahen. While she was living in her father's household, she's the daughter of a Kahen. She can eat truma. She marries a regular Yisrael. She can't eat truma anymore. If she's widowed or divorced, we view her as going back to her father's house and she can eat truma again unless she has children from the Yisrael. And it's learned how from Pesach, but unless she has children. So if she has children from the Yisrael, she's kind of tied to the Israel and she can't eat from ever. It's almost the opposite halachas would be what happens if you have a Bas Yisrael who marries a Kohen. So obviously she's never eaten truma, but now that she is married to the Kohen, she can eat truma. However, in the case of the death and divorce, she can't eat truma anymore, unless she has children or descendants. It doesn't have to actually be joking. Descendants from her husband, the Kohen, then she can continue to eat Truma. Okay, let's go into the Mishnah. So it says, Bas Yisrael, Sheni Seslo, Kohen Umeis. If you have a Bas Yisrael that married a Kohen and then he dies, and she's pregnant. Oh, so she doesn't actually have a child yet, but she's pregnant. Oh, yeah. um, the slaves cannot eat Truma because of the share of the Ubar. I very interestingly, the sl- what we're saying here is that the slaves, the, the Ubar is a descendant of the Kohen, so he inherits part of the slaves, or he has a share in the slaves, the Tzonbarzal that belonged to his father, who's died now. And now, um, Rashi brings, we're going to see in the Gomorrah, there are two reasons why you might say that this Ubar has a share and he can't enable them. Firstly, his mother's a non-Kohen. So maybe you view the Ubar as the same as a mother, a non-Kohen. Again, when he's born, then he's in an independent entity and he will become a Kohen like his father. But as long as he's an Ubar, a fetus, he remains like his mother. That's the one. So, he, so his slaves that he's inherited, or that he has a share in, he can't enable them to eat. It's the same as the first mission of the Gomorrah, where uh, uh, a Ubar can't... Uh, yeah, we did touch on that, but yeah, um, and it, it does have ramifications with Yibum as well. And then the second reason that the Gemara will give, again, that the argument, which reason is, is that we learn out from the Apostle that only someone who's born can enable something to eat Truma. Yeah. So by the fact that the Ubar is not yet born, granted he's still considered a Kohen, he can't give his slaves, they're his slaves, he's the one who's inheriting them, the power to eat truma. So that's the, that's the understanding here. So again, when she's married to the coin and the husband dies and she is, she's pregnant, the nis, obviously the Nisaits Milug, which belong to her, can't eat. She doesn't have any children, she can't eat truma, because she doesn't have any children yet by the Kohen. So she can't eat truma at the moment, so her slaves can't. But even the Nisaits on Basel, which belong to the Kohen, since they now belong, at least in part, to the Ubar, they also can't eat truma. That's the that's the Kiddush. Then it says, Rashi explains this as two separate cases. One is that an Ubar can poisel, and one is that an Ubar can't enable. Um, I saw Oscar use a better word, they use entitled. Entitled is a better word than enable, but I, I've just been using enable the whole time, so I might still yeah. just use it. But they can't enable, um, uh, uh, Ubar can't enable someone to eat truma. What the two cases? So, Shah Ubar Poisel is where you have a Bas Kohen married to a Yisrael. 
Okay? Now, remember, when that child is born, he's a Yisrael, so he can't enable the slaves to eat Truma. Even though she, the mother at the moment, because she doesn't have a child, theoretically can eat Truma, or she comes from Truma, and he can't enable them. That's the Ubar, um, sorry, Poisel, because he also makes it that his mother can't eat Truma. No way. Yeah. If not for this Ubar, she could go back to her father's house as a bas kohen without children. But now that she's pregnant, so he invalidates her from eating truma, this bas kohen. And the Enomachil is the other way around. It's a bas Yisrael to a kohen. And she's a bas Yisrael. No, no. I'm, let's I'm explain it according to Rashi. Shahubar Poisel, the Enomachil, is two different cases. Shahubar Poisel is a bas kohen to a Yisrael. So again, she's pregnant. If she would not be pregnant, wouldn't have a child, she would be allowed to eat truma because her husband Yisrael is dead. She goes back to her father's house. But now that she's pregnant, he's invalidating her, this Pascoin, from eating. This child is invalidating his mother, and obviously the slaves, from eating truma. And the other case, uh, Tosos learns slightly differently, but let's just keep with Rashi. The Enomachil, they can't, she does not, an Uber does not enable. So this is the case of a Bas Yisrael to a Kohen. Okay, as we explained in the top line, um, as we explained at the beginning of the Mishnah, an Uber does not, enti- even if he will be a Kohen, does not entitle slaves to eat his property, to eat truma yet. Okay, then it says, that's Rabbi Yossi's opinion. Once you've tested, the sages said to him, well, once you've testified that even a Bas Yisrael is married to a Kohen, the Ubar does not enable, and he actually gets in the way of the Nisaitzon Baisel eating slaves, eating truma. Again, because the Ubar does not give the slaves the power, as we said, for one of two reasons, just to keep the flow going, the one of two, either because he's viewed as part of his mother, a non-Kohen, or because something that is not born yet cannot enable someone to eat Truma. Once you've said that's the halacha by Bas Yisrael to a Kohen, it should be the same halacha, af Bas Kohen le Kohen. And then the husband dies, and leaves his wife pregnant. Because of the share of the Ubar, the slaves can't eat Truma. Very interesting. What are we saying? doesn't matter that she's a Bas Kohen, whether or not this fetus survives, she could eat Truma either from her husband's side or from her father's side. And it doesn't matter that his father's a Kohen, the Ubar does not enable gets in the way. He does not enable the slaves to eat truma, and since the slaves, even if he has brothers or whatever, will be partially his, he can't enable them to eat truma. So even the Nisaitzon Barzel of this Kohen, who was married to a Kohenet, they, they can't eat, while she's pregnant, they can't eat truma. That's what the sages extend Rabbi Yossi. Okay, now the Gemara asks, Yipoilehu, Tamid Rabbi Yossi, Mishum de Kosovar, Ubar b'mei Zorah Zorhu, Oidil me Yolid Machel, She'eno Yolid Eino Machel. Do we say that the Ubar in the... What's the reason that Rabbi Yossi says the Ubar does not enable it? Is it because the Ubar in its mother is a Zor and non-Kohen, because the mother is a Bas Yisrael, so the... Ubar, even though when he's born he'll be a Kohen like his father, at the moment he's not born. Or do we say that some, only something that is born can enable something to eat, someone to eat truma, I able his own slave, but this Ubar is not yet born, so he can't give the slaves the right to eat truma. So this is the what difference does it make? The Ubar be my Kohenes, what would be the halacha regarding the Ubar in the 
whose mother's a Kohenes. If you say it's because of Zora, it's because he's like his mother. Well, his mother's a Kohenes, his mother can eat Truma, so he should enable, so he can eat Truma, he's like a Kohen, and he can enable his slaves. Or, but if you say it's because of Eino Yolid, well, then it makes no difference. So Amar Rabba Han Tamid Rabbi Yosi the cause of Uba Mimei Zara Zarhu. Rabba says that the reason behind Rabbi Yosi is that you view the Ubar as part of its mother. So if its mother is a Bas Yisrael, the Ubar is viewed as a Yisrael, and that's why all his slaves that he's inheriting from his father, which interesting, important to note, we're viewing it as if the Ubar does inherit; he has a share in the estate. And, and let's call it an active... He definitely has a share in the estate, at least by the time he's born. But he has an active hold on some of the estate, even though he's just a fetus. Um, he's, he's considered a Yisrael because his mother is a Yisrael, a non-Koyen, a Zor. Rabbi Yosef, Omar Yolid, Ma'achal, Sha'ena Yolid, Ena Ma'achal, Rabbi Yosef says, no, the reason is because only something that is born can enable something else to eat. Truma, something that is not born cannot. Mesivei, they challenged Rabbi Yosef. Says Omrulo, the Rabbi Yosef me'achar shehodat alanu al bas Yisrael lekohen bas kohen lekohen mahu. They said to Rabbi Yosef, once you've testified, once you've told us about a bas Yisrael to a kohen, I that her child and she's pregnant, then the the slaves can't eat truma. What's the halacha regarding a kohen to a kohen? So Omrulo hem zu shomati v'zu lo shomati. He says this I heard is. Asur, I, I heard that it is Asur for a Ubar of a, of a, when it's a Basishol to a Kohen, but I did not hear, I, I heard that it is Os, that it is Mutar when it's a Bas Kohen to a Kohen. If you learn that the fetus is counted as its mother, has the same status as its mother, well, that's why he would say that if it's a Basishol, it's Osur, because the Ubar is Yisrael. But if it's a Kohenes, then it would be Mutar, because it's a, as, as, yeah, because the, the Ubar is also a Kohen then. Um, that makes a lot of, so that makes a lot of sense if you learn the reason is Zor. Elo, Iomar, Yolid, Machul, Sh'ein Yolid, Ein Machul, Ma'i Zu Shomati, Shomati. If you learn the reason is because an Ubar, something that is not yet born, no matter how Kohanic it is, he's born with a tzitz on his forehead, he's a, he's, no matter how Kohanic it is in the womb, by the fact that he's not yet born, he can't uh, enable the things. So what difference does it make whether his mother's a Yisrael or his mother's a Kohanic? It's just a limb. He's, he's a limb. No, 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 we're saying... No, but then if his mother—that's the first opinion. If he's a limb of the mother, then he's a kohen and he can enable his slaves to eat. We're saying it's not to do with the limb; it's to do. If you say that it's to do with, can something that is not yet born enable his property to eat truma? Then what difference does it make what his mother is? That's the first mission. I remember. Slightly different. Okay, Kasha. So the Gemara says, yeah, this is the difficulty too. The um, Rav Yosef. Okay, Omar Rav Yehuda, Omar Shmuel. Rav Yehuda said, "Name Shmuel." Zu Divrei Rav Yosef. Up to here, we've discussed Rav Yosef's opinion. Aval Chachamim Omrim Yesh Lo Banim Oichli Mishum Banim Ein Lo Banim Oichli Mishum Achim Ein Lo Achim Oichli Mishum Mishpacha Kula. He says, "Now, this is um, if he ha- if this man has sons. So you have this Bas Yisrael married to a Kohen, and he dies, and she's pregnant." 
as long as she, they, she has other descendants, the husband has other children, then the slaves can eat. Their reason, as we'll see, oh yeah, their reason is because the ubar does not have a hold. While he's a ubar, he does not have a hold on the property. So it's not like he's an heir. So who owns the son Barzel? The Kohen's other descendants, his other sons, not the Ubar. Again, if the Ubar has a hold on the property, well, then you run into trouble because can the Ubar enable those slaves to eat? But if we're saying here the Ubar as the Ubar does not have a hold on the property, because he's a fetus and we're learning that according to this opinion he doesn't, then, then the other descendants will enable the the, the, the other sons of this coin will enable the Tzon Barzal slaves to eat Truma. Okay, what happens if he doesn't have other sons? Well then, who would those who would inherit those slaves? The brothers. Brothers are also kind of, they would enable it. Uh, basically, and you go through the Seder of Yerusha, a Kohen would be the one who owns them, and therefore they could eat Truma. Rabbi Yossi, um, Yeah. It says, By the fact that Rabbi um, Shmuel said, this is the opinion of Rabbi Yossi, but the Chachomim, dot, 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 implies that he's saying, you know, that's Rabbi Yossi, but we follow the Chachomim in general. So he says, oh, But didn't Shmuel say to Chana Bagdasa, Bring me ten people. I have got a drosha and I want to make sure it's well known. I want to tell you Allah and I want to make sure that it's well known that I'm saying. It says, The Ima. Because I want to say in front of these ten people, if someone gives something to the Ubar, he acquires it. I ah, interesting question. Someone comes up to you, to someone, and they see a pregnant woman, and they say, Ah, oh, here's a present for your child. Or, I'm opening a bank account and putting some money or something like that in the name of your child. Or, here's a, I'm writing out a property deed in the name of your child. In the, in, I mean, he doesn't have a name. In, in, for the Ubar. Does the Ubar acquire it or not? No. So Rabbi, so Rav Shmuel, Shmuel's telling Rav Chanabar Dasa that, and he's saying, I want to publicize it, that the Ubar does acquire it. Which is like, which is like Rabbi Yossi, not like the Chachomim. Again, do you view the Ubar as an entity that is, in, that is able to hold property, Rabbi Yossi, and how Shmuel is, how Shmuel is a paskening, that yes, the Ubar does. The Chachomim were like you, but we're saying that Shmuel doesn't hold like the Chachomim, but the Chachomim were like, they hold no, and Ubar doesn't, isn't able to have a hold of estate. He has rights in it, like when he's born, he'll get a share in the estate or something, but at the moment, he can't acquire anything. He doesn't have any hold on anything. The Ubar is not an entity that can hold on to property. It says, Elozu v'savale. So when you're saying, this is, when you're saying, this is Rabbi Yossi, but the Chachomim say, he was actually saying, this is Rabbi Yossi, and Paskin like that. That's how Shmuel does. Okay, now, Maikamash Milan, What's it coming to teach us? The pligi rabbanon aleyad the rabbiosi. That the rabbanon argue on rabbiosi or me polig. Do they really argue? Ha ha ama rabbi zakai zu edus heid rabbiosi mi pish ma'ayav atalian pahodulah. When when um, Rabbi Zakai said that when Rabbi Yossi said this in the name of Shmaya Talion, the sages admitted to him. I they agreed to him. Sounds like the sages retracted and agreed to him. He says, no, Omar Ravashi, Miktani, the Kiblu, Hoidulogtani. He says, no, it doesn't say the Kiblu, they accepted what he said. Oh, they're like, okay, you're right. Hoidulo, they admitted to him. What does that mean? They say, oh, actually, what Rabbi Yossi says makes more sense, but not to the degree that it's going to uproot our tradition that the Ubar can't inherit. Okay, 
Tana Rabbanan, new, um, new point but built on the above. It says, Haniach Banim Eilu Ve'elu Oichlin. Now again, we're discussing a Kohen, um, a Kohen dies. Can the children, uh, a Kohen dies. Can the Nirsei, the, the Avodim of Tzon Barzal and the Avodim of Nirsei Malug eat Truma? That's the question. So he says, if the Kohen leaves children, both Nirsei Maluk and Nirsei Tzon Basel slaves can eat Truma. Again, and we, based on the principles we've seen, we understand why. We'll, we'll clarify it, but basically, the slaves, the Nirsei Tzon Basel belong to, the new, to his sons, his heirs. So they can eat Truma, they can't him. And his wife has children. Now remember, a, a Yisraelis who's married to a Kohen who has children with him, can also eat truma. So who needs same look can also eat truma. What happens if he leaves her pregnant but without children? Neither the neither slaves can eat. Um, her meluga, obviously her slaves, the meluga avodim avodim cannot eat because she. Uh, yeah. Because they hers, and she can't eat truma because she doesn't have a child with the coin. She's pregnant, but she doesn't yet have a child with the coin, so they can't eat. And the Nisait Son Barzel will remember who's their, who's their new owner, this fetus, and a fetus can't enable something to eat truma. So that's why if, they, if she's pregnant, but they don't have, but there are no other children, then neither types of slave can eat. What? What happens if this wife and her husband, the coin, had children and she's pregnant? Ah, so now her property, the Nisei Melug slaves, can eat Truma because she can eat Truma. Why can she eat Truma? Because she's married to a coin and she has children from him. And... However, the Nisaits on Barzal, the actual Kohen, and the brothers, the slaves which they inherit, cannot eat Truma because the Ubar has a share in those slaves. And as we've said a few times, the Ubar can't enable. So that's why it's, interesting. it's a little bit counterintuitive because generally we view this woman is a Yisraelis where she can eat Truma and her slaves can. But the actual property that belonged in the family that belongs to the family of Kahanim can't eat again because the Ubar has a share in it. And even though when he's born he will be a Kohen, at the moment he's not born, and a Kohen can't give the power to his property to eat Truma. And that's Divrei Rebbe Yosi. That's what we're saying. He has a share in the slaves, and he can't enable them to eat truma. He no, so this is Rabbi Yosi who holds that he has. Divrei Rabbi Yosi. Yeah. He, so he he it's four. Let's say there are three brothers, and he's and and this brother he owns a quarter of it, of the estate. He literally has a hold on a quarter of the estate, even though he's a uber. So that's why the slaves can't eat. That's Rabbi Yosi. Rabbi Yosi, I'm a Mishum Aviv. Habas Macheles, Habet Eino Macheles. Rabbi Yishmol, Rabbi Yosi says that no, if um, in the name of his father, in the name of Rabbi Yosi that we've been discussing, a bas, a daughter would enable them to eat, but a son would not enable them to eat. What? Very strange. Okay, we'll leave that to the Gemara. We're going to do it just over the bay. It says, Haben, then we bring another opinion. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, Oimer, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai says, Zecharim yothlu kulam. If there are male children, all types of slaves can eat. 
and nekevos loyoslu, but if they're female children, they cannot eat. Sheme yimso uba zachor, in case the uber is a male, the ain lebonos bamokom aben klum, and the daughters don't inherit him. Remember, according to Torah law, only sons inherit. If they're only daughters, let's say a man has five daughters, then the daughters inherit. If a man has sons and daughters, only the sons inherit. So, Rabbi Shimon holds, like Rabbi Yossi, that an Ubar does inherit. An Ubar, a fetus, has a hold on, can have a hold on property. But as long as there's a male heir, the son Barzil can eat truma on his account. Okay? Unlike Rabbi Yossi, who says that the share of the Ubar hinders them, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai holds that the Ubar does not hinder them. They have a male owner. However, if there's only a female, then the flip side, if there's only a female descendant, then maybe the Ubar is the one with the full share, and that's why they can't eat. Now, my area, what Rebbe Shimon ben Yochai coming to teach us? What? Shema Yimsa Ubar Zohar. Tape book later in a cave in Amipsula. You might say maybe it's because it's a, the Ubar might be a male and have a share. Well, even if the Ubar is a female, she should invalidate them. Now, what is Rabbi, what is Rabbi Shimon Yochai's teaching? I, yeah. So why does he make a difference between male or female children? So that's the thing. So the Gemara answers, no, it's actually giving two reasons. Not only does a male slave, a male Ubar, invalidate them from eating Truma, so to a female Ubar. But that is left undercover. That's the first one. And the one that he actually mentions, Maybe the son will... Sorry, sorry, it's going on this last ruling where if a man only has... That's a few daughters, and his wife's pregnant. So he said, if it's a male son, then this, since it, sorry, since it might be a male, we don't know what it is, might be a male, they can't inherit. Sorry, the slave, not the, the slaves can't eat, because it might be male. So what difference? Even if it's a female, the Ubar has a share in it, so the, so the others, so the slaves, even though they're a few living daughters still can't eat. So what difference? I mean, he says no. So he's giving two reasons. Firstly, if it's in a cave, it will invalidate. Not only that, it might actually be the Uba Mafia Zohar, and therefore the daughters don't have any rights in it. And, uh, and it's fully the Ubar's, and the Ubar does not enable them to eat. Okay, then the other ruling of Rebbe Shimon ben Yochai is Zechorim Yochailu. If they're male children, the slaves can eat. But wait, there's an Ubar. And the Ubar... So far there are a few male children. And they are inheritors. The Ubar is also someone inheriting. So why doesn't the Ubar stop it? So he says, We don't worry about the minority. I, the reason to be concerned is that this child is... Uh, yeah. This um, if, is that this ubar is a the concern is that this sorry the, the concern is that this ubar is a male and has a share. There's actually a majority chance. There's a minority chance that this ubar will be born a male. Why? Because there's a 50-50 percent chance that it will be born a female or a male, and there's also a small chance of miscarriage. 
So there's a minority, it's a mute, that this will be a male. And therefore, you don't have to worry about it. That's the one possibility. Another possibility. He actually holds that you do worry for the mutter. However, you can make a solution like Rav Nachman. What happens if you have young manas coming to split the estate? The children are too young to actually divide the estate themselves, but they need to get on with their life. So he says, Based in appoint a guardian for each of them, and they choose a fair share for each of their the orphan, each orphan under their guardianship. When they grow up, they are able to protest. But before you come on to Igdilin, that they could theoretically say, we're not happy with the division. I would have actually, oh, you gave me the, the house in this area. I would have preferred the house in that area. However, they're not so happy. They can protest. But what do we see? That Beisdin can actually dedicate the Yerusha to specific sons, even when they're not able to actively decide the, the, the children themselves. So so too with the Uber. What will Beisdin do? They'll give the nix, the, the slaves, the, the avodim of Tzon Barjel, they'll give them to the living sons and the deceased, and the, it's not the deceased, and the Uber will have a share in other property. That's the thing. And Rav Nachman today, Omar Rav Nachman actually takes a step further. He says, He says, not only that, uh, Never. Once they've done this arrangement, that Beisdin have appointed people to to do a fair split of the Arusha amongst the orphans, they can never protest it because then it undermines the power of Beisdin. But what do we see? Again, it's, it's not changing what I've said. But again, the point is that the, the since he Rabbi Shimon holds that you can almost exclude the Ubar from a share in the in the slaves in Avodim Son Barzal. So we'll say that let's say there's Ruvain Shimon and Ubar. So we'll say Reuven and Shimon will get the slaves and the Ubar will get the house. So therefore Reuven and Shimon are alive, the slaves can eat Truma. That's, <coughs> that's why according to Rabbi Shimon it would work. Um, now the Gomorrah will now try to understand if the Machloikes Yeah. Basically, what we've said is it seems to be uh, the same as the Machlokes because the Tanakhama said that the Ubar stops them eating, stops the slaves eating Truma, whereas Rabbi Shimon Yochai says that the Ubar does not stop the slaves eating Truma. They can carry on. And we've said, what's the reason? Because of the teaching of Omar Rav Nachman, Omar Shmuel, that Beisdin can say that the property is owned by the living sons and not the deceased sons. So it seems to be that not everyone agrees with. Rav Nachman Omar Shmuel says, Lamed Rav Nachman Tanahi, seems to be Rav Nachman's um, um, point of Machlokes Tanahim. There's law not necessary. Everyone holds for Rav Nachman. And Machlokes Tanakama and Rebbe and Rebbe Shumen Yochai is whether you worry for the mute. According to the Tanakama, he says you have to be concerned that this child is a male and you have to take that as a real consideration. Whereas, according to Rabbi Shimon Yochai, you don't have to be concerned. So you could explain it without coming on to Rav Nachman, so Rav Nachman is not necessarily getting in the way of a machlokes. Okay, Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yossi, now we're going on to the other opinion we mentioned. Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yossi said, sounds like quite a cryptic line, says Bishum Aviv in the name of his father Rabbi Yossi, says, Habas Machil, if it's a daughter, if there's a daughter, then the slaves can eat. 
Haben eno machel. If there's a son, they cannot eat. What difference does it make whether there's a living daughter or a living son? What's the reason that you say that a son can't eat? Because of the share of the uber. Well, then the daughter who now owns these slaves also shouldn't enable the slaves to eat because of the share of the uber. So Amr says, We're dealing with where there's only a few assets. Very interesting case. Um, part of the tzub is that the daughters will be taken care of. As I mentioned on the bottom of the previous page, according to Yerusha, the sons get everything. According to the laws of Yerusha, Doraisa, the sons get everything. The rabbis came along to protect the daughters and said that they actually can claim sustenance, support. They get uh, food, they get etc. and they get a dowry from the estate. And what happens if there's not enough money for both? What happens if they evaluate, I don't know, that a daughter needs 500,000 rand and their two daughters, that's, so that's now a million rand, and the estate was only value, wasn't valued at that. So the Rabbanan came along and say, you give the money to the, you give the estate to the daughters and the sons have to go begging, they have to make a plan. So even, again, so this is important, to Orisa, who should get that estate? The sons. Midrabbanon, who gets the estate? The daughters. So he says, um, so with that in mind, so he says, so, so again, we said, what difference does it make whether the living, we said, if the, the, this Kohen dies and he's got a living child and his wife's pregnant, we said, if the living child's a male, he, the slaves can't eat trimmer. If the living child's a female, the slaves can eat trimmer. He said, what difference does it make whether it's a male or a female? The problem is that there's the Ubar who is stopping them eat. So he says, no, the case is it's a small, um, it's, it's, it's a case of a small estate where the girl are going to Ika Ben Bahari Bas and it's there the son and a daughter. So Manashach, either way, Ben Hu. If the fetus is a son, well, he's no better than the other son, so the daughter's still going to get everything. And if the fetus is a daughter, she doesn't have a. What gives her the rights to the slaves, to the property, is that the rabbi said the daughter gets rights to sustenance from the estate. Well, she doesn't get that right until she's born. So again, so, so very interesting. So, mid, mid, so, so again, you have this coin who has a son and a daughter, and he doesn't have a lot of assets. So basically all his property is going to go to sustain his daughter. It's not called Yerusha, to sustain her. Which means the slaves, the new slaves on Barzil, are hers, and they can't eat. And therefore, I don't know what... Um, can't his daughters eat trumah? I'm just confused now. Why can't his? But for some reason, his daughters don't enable the son Barzil to eat trumah. Maybe they're already married to Israel or something. I'm not sure why his daughters wouldn't enable the son Barzil to eat trumah. And now we're saying this fetus is not changing anything because if the fetus is a son, well, He's not going to, the rabbis have already said all the estate goes to the daughters for their sustenance, so the son's not going to get anything. So, he's no, so this Ubar has no claim in the 
in the slaves. One second. However, if it's a daughter, well, granted she has a, when she's born, she'll have a derabonon. They give her the right to claim sustenance from the estate, which would give her a share in the nisayis on Basel. That derabonon takona only kicks in when she's born. At the moment, the ubar is under the doraisa level that um, that she she'll only. Inherit if she's a son, but as you said, a son's not going to get anything anyway. The daughters are married, they don't have a family estate, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. So I'm just trying to work out why. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, so go back. Yeah, no, the, old, the reason is because, yeah, if, sorry, I said it wrong. If, the, if this Kohen has a only son surviving him, then the Ubar gets in the way of it, could get in the way of it, because the Ubar has a share in the Nisaits on Bar. If the Ubar is a male, it has a share in the Nisaits on Barzel, and an Ubar does not enable them to eat. If he has also um, da- if he has daughters and sons, but it's a small estate, so everything's going to the daughters, then the slaves can eat. Truma. Why? Because they belong to the daughters, who are the daughters of the Kohanim, so they can eat Truma. And, oh, but then we look at the, oh, what about the fetus? What if the fetus is a male? Well, he's not going to get anything anyway. There's no, there's no spare state for him to inherit. So he doesn't have a share in anything anyway. And if it's a female, well, the rabbis didn't institute a takona to sustain a fetus. The takona is to sustain a living daughter. So again, when she's born, then the rabbis takona will kick in. But till then, it doesn't kick in. So she, the feet, the, she has no claim on the estate. And that's why, again, if the, if their only daughter's living, they can eat. The slaves can eat truma. Okay, so yeah, I misunderstood that for a second. Okay, but Mayo kumta benachosimatim. So you've said that the case is where it's a very small estate. It says Ama Safer, but look at the next case in the Bryce. He says, Shema Yimsa Uber Zachor, the Ainla Bonas Bamakum Ben Klum. We said maybe you'll find out that the Uber is a male and then the daughters don't get anything. If you're telling me that the Bryce is discussing a case of where there are only a few assets, then the daughters are getting everything. It's the son who doesn't get. Says no, save The race is a case of where there's very few assets and the daughters are getting everything, and the safers where there are many assets and it's basically the sons getting the Yerusha. Are you telling me that where there's a few assets it really goes to the daughter? Is that how we go? Says If you have your soimim, so these are the male heirs. They went, there was only one thing left from their parents, from their father's estate. And they went and sold it before the daughters could claim their sustenance from it. It's a good sale. So what do we see? It seems like the daughters don't get first rights to sustenance. Because otherwise, how could the son sell it? There's no be'el my bas diktani, you're right. Um... Um, you're right. So now we're back to our original issue. Um, back to our original issue. Um, why should it matter if they're females alive? You still view the property as the males. Even if they're going to get their sustenance from their, from their estate, you don't view it as their property. You view it as the male's property. So the Uber should be get in the way. The Ubar might be inheriting Dorais, and therefore he stops 
the Kohanim, the, them eating. So why does it help? So he says, no, it says, so my bas diktani, when used, when the Mishnah says bas, what does it mean? Aim, the mother. Oh, um, I, the mother enables, yeah, the mother's property can eat. Uh, so what he's saying is when the Brisa says, the, the, the bus, it's referring to the mother. The mother's property, the Nusayim Malur can eat. And when it refers to the Ben, it's referring to the Yarshim, who are Kahanim, and they're getting the Tzon Barzal, they can't eat. Okay, so why can't, why can't, and why can't they eat? Because of the Uba. So the mother can eat, and her slaves can eat, because of her. The tzon, the, that's the bus. And the Ben, the sons who are inheriting Tzon Barzal, they can't eat. Oh, that's the exact same thing as his father, Rabbi Yosef. This whole discussion was in, we brought Rabbi Yosef's opinion, and then we brought, and Rabbi Yishmael, the son of Rabbi Yosef, said in the name of his father, and he added in this point of, if they're surviving males or if they're surviving females. Habas macheles ba'ben eno macheles. That's sorry, that's what he said. Ba'ben eno machel. The bus can enable... Uh, the slaves to eat and the sons cannot enable the slaves to eat. So how we just explained that? That the mother can enable the slaves to eat but the sons, those who are Yorshim, cannot enable again because of this Ubar. But that's exactly what Rabbi Yossi said. So why is it brought as a separate opinion? Just have it all included under Rabbi Yossi. So he says, yeah, the whole teaching is actually Rabbi Yossi. Um, I was hoping to get further but I think let's leave it here for today. Have a very good Shabbos.